Hello, welcome back one and all to another exciting episode of Maine Education Matters, your source of information for analysis and other stuff coming out of the Education Cultural Affairs Committee and the Maine Department of Education. My name is Matt. My name is Courtney. Welcome, everybody. Courtney, how is today finding you? Oh, oh, today's been, today's been fantastic. It's been a day. <laughs> it's been a day. So here's the rundown. Super quick. All right. I lost power in the middle of the night last night, which meant my alarm didn't go off. So I woke up to texts and my dog like laying on top of me, which she never does. So it had that like moment where you wake up like, wait, what's going on? Where am I? Yeah. Whew. So didn't have time to really like get, go through my morning routine. Uh, and then <laughs> had, I've had meeting after meeting and just hot off the testifying uh, experience with criminal justice. So uh, it's wow. been a day. It's been a day already. <laughs> and it's only 7.30 as we're recording this. It is 7.30 oh. in the morning. Right? So it everyone, could be. Everyone know. However I haven't reset my clocks yet because they didn't even have time for that. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, it's, it's been a bit of a week. Uh, in the ed community yes. too, you know, a lot of things happened and a bit of information uh, came out about, you know, what they're thinking in terms of the timeline for their, yeah. for the committee. So uh, let, let's just, let's just get that out right now. Um, they're thinking they want to be done and all things in the committee by March the 4th. Yeah. They hope to be wrapped up by March the 4th. That's two weeks from today. As we're recording, it is two weeks from today. And I can't wait to see if they actually get to hold to that. Because, you know, even though it's a special session, it's one of those like, hey, those can sneak right. in and slide in. And then all of a sudden they're doing four days of straight public hearings. Yeah, yeah, it could. I doubt it, though. I'd be really surprised. But so here's a general legislation, legislative world question I have. Why is it called a special session if there's always a second session? I think it's called, I, this is complete conjecture. <laughs> I think it's called special because th normally they've gotten snacks. Is that that what, you know, the Ed Committee talks about snacks <laughs> they a talk, lot. They talk about snacks a lot because there are people who come and would typically bring them snacks. I, I don't know how appropriate that is. I'm not going to go down that line. Well, you're not like, supposed, you're not allowed to eat or drink in the committee room. So right. they have them stashed somewhere in a special room. <laughs> They do. They have a, se a secret, a secret storage room, uh, secret some like pocket, room. like some pocket dimension where they could just slide into. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I think okay. I think it's called special only because new bills can't be introduced. Generally speaking. Okay, that all right. Okay, that would make sense. I'm sure there's I there's a reason, right? I just didn't know what it was because I would not assume that. I've. <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't know if I can assume well, that there would actually be a reason. There's a reason. It might not be a good reason. It might be just that the first time they did it, they called it the special session and then they never changed it. That's a reason, but it might not be a good one. Fair enough. Fair right. enough. So <laughs> two, two days of work sessions. Let's go with the February 15th. We'll start off there. All right. So we had LD 1777 and... I honestly, I don't even remember what this was about, but it was, I believe it was a unanimous, 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 
What was um, LD 70, 1777? 1777 was an act to amend the laws regarding education service centers. Oh, right, right. Our, instead okay. of, so those, and they've actually tabled this. Oh, they, all right. They, they, See, I was not paying attention, apparently. <laughs> they want, they wanted some more information on something because they're not really necessarily sure if this is a good idea or there was some information presented about um, the impacts that these ed service centers have had or not had. There's been a recent, um, there's a, there's a news in the paper about how some of these ed service centers have been like giving, uh, using COVID funds in certain ways and where's the transparency behind all of it. And so I think there's, there's a little bit of okay. uh, information happening over there, but it, but they have tabled it in lieu of more information. Okay. That makes sense that I heard unanimous about the tabling. Cause I think I remember being surprised <laughs> that yeah. I was hearing unanimous. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I will say um, on the 15th, there was a lot of agreement going on. Oh yeah, there was. The rest of it is pretty much ought to pass. It was. Uh, so yeah. there was 1789, an act to modernize funding of publicly funded tuition students attending CTE programs. Ought to pass. Yeah. Right on through. 1931, a resolve regarding medical administration in schools. Again, Narcan and sunscreen. Uh, Right on through. 1932, parameters for essential instruction. Those are the new standards updates for health, PE, world language. Am I missing one? Huh? Am I missing one? Health, Uh, PE, world language? Foreign language, VPA, visual performing arts. Visual performing arts. Thank you. I I knew there was one I was missing. Uh, Yep. Ought to pass. And then uh, major 1935, major capital school improvements. And there was some discussion here, but. There was some discussion here. This was a divided report. And I, I'm trying to remember, it was a divided report. Not a whole, not a whole lot of real conversation on this. Not a whole lot of testimony presented on this. Um, And yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty quiet day, honestly. Yeah, it was quiet, but there were, on that one, there were only two, two people that said no. So it wasn't even like a party line right? split. It was just, for, and I don't remember the reason. I remember listening and I have a note here that says HVAC. <laughs> so <laughs> HVAC. So there was something in there that a couple of people didn't like. So they yeah. said no. <laughs> so they said no. Yeah. This is what yeah. we call hardcore analysis, folks. Yeah, this is where you're like, man, I'm so glad I listened to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> where we give, like, I, I've said information-ish. Ish. I mean, but none of those were like. None of those groundbreaking. You know, most of these, the only one was like, really the first one was, was the only one that had a lot of discussion at all yeah. even during like the public hearing or any of that like most of these were resolves that have been through a process already there were rule changes so it's at this point in the game it's hard to uh have a whole lot of discussion about them right doesn't oh, stop it from happening sometimes it doesn't actually I, I i made a mistake when i said something a minute ago okay. the 1789 the one on publicly funded tuition students i have written in my notes that it was ought to pass but that didn't seem right to me because I don't remember, yeah. but it was actually ought not to pass. I forgot to write oh. the N on my notes. Oops. Um, yeah. 
uh, ought not to pass. Ought not to pass. And so, and there's no divided report in that. So that's that's pretty much unanimous of the committee. Yeah. So all right then. Was we, that we, like yeah? We are starting off really well of not having information and then giving bad information today. I yeah. But I'll tell you the next the next stuff we have to talk about, we're way more on top of. Awesome. Oh, what I, are you talking about? Uh, all right. So then let's talk about the 17th. Sure. Uh, so with so far our favorite title uh, this year, LD 1924, <laughs> an act to expand access to justice in rural Maine through legal education. Yeah. Really interesting conversations. Uh, ought to pass yeah. amended. Yeah, and so the amendment was kind of an interesting amendment. It's more about instead of just calling it like the Aroostook Clinic, about calling it the Rural Maine Clinic, um, because ultimately they want this to spread to other rural parts of Maine, which is the intention. Uh, right. It has to start somewhere. Is kind of the the gist of the discussion. Is you know, it was kind of like, why can't this be everywhere? It has to start somewhere. <laughs> It, it was yeah. it was a giant conversation about branding. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> and was fascinating to see that was the thing that held up. You know, it's one of those component like you plan for everything and you think you have everything uh, in order. I, I'm going to liken this to uh, Dungeons and Dragons because I play a lot of D and D, yep. and. And you plan a campaign, you, you plan an encounter out, and you plan these all things, and you think you have all the contingencies, but then you forget that the players have their own mindset and their own approaches to things. And then they come in and they say, no, we're going to go that way in the complete other direction that you weren't anticipating. I, I can guarantee, I can bet that these people did not think that this was going to be the one thing that was like, this is what we're talking about. Right. The name for a little while, for a little while, it was all about, can this be hybrid? Like, do actual physical people, physical teachers need to be there with yeah. the students, which was interesting. Um, I, but that's a conversation that's happening everywhere in every sector about like everything now that we have all lived hybrid or remote for so long. But, um, but yeah, ultimately it came down to branding and whether it was just for one county or all of rural Maine, like, Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> but off pass. Off the pass. And then nothing else happened that day that was worth talking about. Oh, yeah, you wish. <laughs> I keep trying. I'm not going to give up on this one. All right. LD 1933, the resolve. This was regarding credentialing of education personnel. Yeah. That updates all of the uh, certification rules. There's a whole ton of updates. A lot of yeah. them are where they're just making like rules, laws to catch up with rule changes or, or uh, practices. Like clarifying language. Clarifying yeah. language. That's a lot of it. But there, yeah. is, there are some things in this bill that also change some things fundamentally about how um, certification and certificates happen in the, st in the state. Yeah. One of the conversations yeah. they were having was about whether or not to add um, pre-K into the K to 12 in terms of, I think it was the special education certificate. Right. They add pre-K in it. Right. I was really interested in that. I mean, that, that kind of should pre-K, should pre-K be tagged on was a theme for a lot of the different certifications that were coming up. Yeah. Um, for example, like art 
you know, art is a typically a K-12 certificate. So it just, you know, uh, the thought was, well, add pre-K onto it because now pre-K is in our schools. But then the conversation kept coming back to, should it be because um, pre-K and early childhood education requires different training and different knowledge? Yeah. So same, same question about special education. Yes. Yeah, um, that, you know, it wasn't the question was like, well, if you're trained as a high school teacher, but you have a pre-K to 12 education, are you really going to be effective at the elementary, lower elementary, early elementary phase? And what I thought that um, actually uh, Deputy Commissioner Dan Chuda did a really interesting conversation point about this, which is like, well, the thing with special education and a lot of this stuff is that they're trained and they work with the kid. Yes. Yes. with the individual situation. And so they have to be able to be malleable right. across. And so it's really, that's the, that the, they work with the kid less the swath. <laughs> right, right, right. And there was discussion around kind of like the flexibility and the ability for an administrator to just move, move someone around seemingly willy nilly, which really rarely happens. Right. There, it happens, but rarely. It seems that, 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 that it does happen. I have seen it happen. Yeah. Um, I have not seen it happen where you've been a, for example, seventh grade science mm -hmm. teacher for the last 30 years, and now you're being moved down to teach first grade. Right. 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 No, it's I can, I've seen no, like you're a yeah. seventh grade science teacher. You're going to go to fifth grade science sure. or you're going to go do eighth grade science or something like that. Um, but I haven't, I'm not saying it hasn't happened. Right, right. But I but will not say- not so much that it's like a valid argument. I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know where the evidence <laughs> yeah. is that supports that, but, but I know it's a big fear. It and is. it continually it comes up with stuff like this and especially comes up with a lot of some other organizations. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what else? Oh, there was a lot of time spent on emergency certifications. Yes. A lot of times, some of the questions that came up were um, around, can emergency be renewed? Clarification between the various ed tech certifications and emergency certification, um, things like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, a lot of it was, I wonder how much of it is just because no matter how well-versed and comfortable you are with reading legislative language, that it's just hard to read <laughs> and to interpret and make sure you have it clear, you know? Yes. Like, even when, a legislature who's had it, like a career legislature, like sometimes it's confusing. It's confusing. And when you have a bill like this that has all of these different components to it and it has connections to, well, this this part of it is connecting to this statute over here, which right. that statute is connected to this statute. It becomes this horrible like Jenga tower of just nonsense that you're like, yeah. oh, if I pull the wrong thing, what's going to fall? And right. um, you know, that was some of the, some of the really some clarifying questions, very thoughtful questions at times too, about like, what will be the impact if right. we go down this road? Is it going to have the impact that we want to have? And sometimes the answers were like, I don't know. Yeah, don't know. Haven't thought about that. And sometimes, you know, we'll find out. Like, right. Um, <clears throat> there was some discussion around conditional certification and what and mentoring and peer support, how it appears to be required 
or written as a requirement in some places, but not in others, and kind of like, why not for everybody? Um, and the answer honestly came down to the difference between federal statute for some things and others. Uh, but I'm pretty sure most conditional teachers in the state of Maine have a mentor. Like when you're, or I guess that's provisional, not conditional. Mm. But most conditional teachers would also be provisional. If, yeah, well, especially for thinking like in terms of like if conditional teachers are going to be new to a district. Right, that's what I'm thinking. Generally yeah. speaking, they're going to be provided some kind of a mentor to understand. The only challenge that I can see with a district is whether or not the district has the mentors to do it. Has the mentors, right. Well, that's the yeah. problem with everything. That's everything. Capacity. Yeah, that's ubiquitous, isn't it? Yeah, so then um, the next big thing, well, there was one, uh, one, one point was brought up and kind of driven home, which I understand and, and is something that I think a lot of the education community is hoping to see happen is this idea of grow your own teacher training. Yep. So like moving more towards internship models that really nurture the people learning to become teachers staying in the district in which they learn to become a teacher. I um, mean, there are some amazing models of that across the country. And so uh, there was, there was, uh, that came up and there was an expression of disappointment that that isn't more clearly supported and outlined in this uh, revision of chapter 115. So um, I'll be interested to see what comes of that in the future, if anything. Right. I'm not sure to what extent legislation can make that happen. Yeah. Or if legislation is even the right way to make that happen. Right. Right. I don't know either. I don't know. Um, would, but would, then, would you would you want there to be a law that would say, like, this is something that's required in the state to grow our own? How would that work? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a lot of a lot of questions or maybe it just. Maybe it just becomes included in like the pathway to certification, right? Or there are incentives around it somehow. Yeah, I really don't know how legislation interacts with supporting that idea. Yeah, me neither. Fascinating. It, I mean, it, we could do some research, Matt, and see what it looks like in other That's states. work. Sounds like I, work. No, that sounds like work. Not interesting. <laughs> All right. Okay, so let's talk about one of the biggies or maybe perhaps the biggie. The, the big, um, the, the, definitely the biggie for some. It's the biggie for some. It's the biggie for some. So uh, the elementary teacher certification has changed. It will Is, now be K through six. Yes. K through six generalist. And then seven through 12 will be content specific. And then you can get a middle level endorsement that will be five through eight content specific. Yes. And I know that from there was opposition to this from the general education community. Yeah, I didn't really see a whole lot in terms of like the like practitioners and organizations that support the education practitioners saying like being in support of this idea overwhelmingly. Yeah. There yeah. were a lot of concerns and questions like I'm not so sure if this is the way you want to do this. Right. Um, and some were just like flat out, please don't like a please, please don't. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure the uh, mammal mm -hmm. uh, were very much against this. Yes, yes. And it, the main it, association, middle-level educators, yeah. by the way, mammal. Yes, they're wonderful. I completely understand why 
and where they're coming from. And I also, um, I can't say I fully understand the, the perspective of people who agreed that it should be K-6. And at the same time, I do know that that's more, that's commonly more common in, in the rest of the country than the K-8 certificate is. Yes. So, so there's that. And I, I understand to some extent the argument that there are specific skills needed at different and understandings needed at different grade levels. In my opinion, which is mine and mine alone, not the opinion of any organizations I work for or with, um, I don't think the skills needed to work with any learner are that different from developmental level to developmental level that it's impossible for someone who's a fantastic educator to adapt. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think it, one of the nice things that I really liked about the K to eight and then the seven to 12 was that there was overlap. Yeah. Um, I worry with this one about sixth grade. Yes. In particular. Yes. Because most of the schools that I know of in Maine, most of the middle schools start at sixth grade. Some mm -hmm. start at fifth grade. Yeah. And which means that they are content specific, content oriented, starting at that, starting at that level. So the certification for if you want to teach fifth and sixth grade, that wiggle room isn't there anymore. Right, right. And well, it's also that really ish. was, I guess, but I, I still kind of worry about just that that hard line of K to six yeah. to seven to twelve instead of having a little bit of a of a of a buffer there. A little bit of a buffer, yeah. Yeah. We talked all about some of the reasons why last last episode. Yeah. Go listen. But if but so I mean, like, so, uh... so if, so if you put it, let's say for example, if you're an administrator, let's go back to another bill we talked just a minute ago about moving people around, right? Right. I have, a right. Sixth, I, I have a sixth grade teacher who has a K to six element, K to six elementary, but I need a middle school teacher. And I want to move this person up. We can't just move that person up to seventh grade uh, middle school science anymore because they need a completely different certificate. Right. They do it will also, they need a different certificate and also, endorsement potentially. Yeah. It also deny those teachers the ability to make that change on their own, to, to advocate for themselves on the they have to go yeah. through the whole certification process. And yeah. So I'm, that's what worries me that, that area right there, that six to seven line, that's what worries, worries me a lot. To be clear, anybody who currently holds a certificate, whatever it says, uh, is grandfathered as long as you don't let it lapse. Yeah. So, um, so your search in now folks, that's right. Seriously today, do it. But, uh, but it will be new teachers. It will be new, yeah. new certifications. This will be the case for. Um, and that went through ought to pass unanimously. As amended. Yeah. As amend right. And to be clear, the amendments were, were not significant changes. No. They spoke a lot about them. But in the end, when it was just the, the vote of like, yeah, we'll get to just, just do the language changes. Yeah. Yeah. So that wrapped up yesterday. That was the um, 17th. Yeah, so, and then the special bill is being heard as we speak. Uh, LD 1939 is currently being held by criminal justice and public safety. And yep. that's the bill about 
protecting administrators and really all educators from harassment and abuse. Um, and yeah. I was listening in as I offered testimony. So I'm happy to, to give a little update on what some of the discussion has been so far. Can't wait to hear. So uh, the big questions, as you might imagine, have been why is there a need to include school personnel in the definition of public servant if they are already protected under the general harassment laws, right? Like, yep. what's, what's the benefit? Um, what's the deal and, with that? Yeah, and, yeah, and so the, uh, the sponsors clarified that it really does have to do with section, um, with the section of the criminal code that speaks to obstruction of government administration. So clarifying that educators and school board members are public servants because public schools are a function of state government, essentially. Um, and that they, it is a form, it is obstructing government if if, if the behavior becomes such that school board meetings are derailed, that teachers are prohibited from doing their job, like all of that stuff. So that was some of the discussion. There's question around what precipitated, what precipitated the bill, why now? Um, and the talk from the sponsors was very much focused on COVID, which I found interesting because as you and I know, it's not just COVID that is, no. is causing the incivility. Uh, there's, there's a lot, more going on um, with diversity, equity, and inclusion, with what is being taught in schools, what is not being taught in schools. Um, so I thought that was interesting. That really did focus very much on COVID. Um, yeah. There was a question if including teachers in educators in the title of public servant, if that extends to all of the other protections. For example, there's sections around impersonation in criminal code that speak to public servants, which um, great question. I didn't know, but that's their job as the, the criminal, wow. like as the, as that committee. Um, and the sponsor clarified that no, their intent really is just about this obstruction of government piece. Um, so there's potential that the bill may go through some changes eventually to specify just that and not the broader uh, changes that would happen if you clarified public servant. Um, apparently there was a similar bill about election officials at one point. So there's some question around like, well, how was that bill written and formed? Like, so to compare, great question. And then someone brought up, uh, so if you're going to include teachers and principals, you know, and administrators, what about coaches, referees, you know, uh, directors of uh, athletics and organizations that manage that. Great question. I think that gets into the what's the line. Right? Where's the line? Where's the line? Um, so yeah, and then and then another question around like, would these protections be limited to being at their place at school or at you know the school board meeting, or does this extend to personal life? Um, and so some of the thoughts there was that if it's about, if the offending behavior is about their work as uh, work related to public education, then it counts. If it's about, you know, the fence <laughs> between right. them and their neighbors, doesn't count. Yeah. So one thing that I'm wondering about all this, and I'm, I'm, I'm not speaking from a personal professional idea, I'm just because I've heard rumors, let's say, that... Yeah 
a lot of districts have been inundated with FOAA requests, Freedom of yes. Information Act, yeah, FOIA Act, and it's just nonstop, it's at yes. one upon one, and it actually is slowing how the process. It's it's impeding, it's obstructing the work that they need to get done in a lot of ways. Right, right. To what extent does this building or the building does this uh, bill <laughs> uh, mm. impact that kind of behavior? Even though those FOIA requests are completely legal, they're completely and yeah. oftentimes very justified. However, sometimes they can be more for making a point than actually trying to get a actual information out. And right. I wonder. That's a, yeah, it's a good point. I wonder if there would be any kind of connection or ability to use this bill right. to impact that kind of behavior. I think I think uh, that is for our education lawyer colleagues to to tease out. I do know that there is such thing as legal abuse. Um, sure. And so to yeah, to what extent that can be called upon to help solve that particular? Because yeah, that's a tricky one when it's when when someone is using or an organization is using the current legal structures to obstruct <laughs> function. Right. Uh, that that's a good question. And I wonder, honestly, I wonder if that was a strategy to not talk about, because that those are more about some of the stuff that's happening with social, emotional learning and diversity, equity, inclusion, right? Yes, very much so. so and I not, wonder and if try not to get the committee down, try to get the committee down to the weeds yeah. in that and to keep yes. a focus on what everyone else is seeing, things like masking or, or just the, or exactly. the behaviors there right. that are, actually impacting the boards, how these uh, people are just like hijacking in a way, the way that boards are working. So they can't actually function. They can't right. do their jobs. And sometimes have to just be like, no, we're done because we can't do our jobs because it's too unruly. Yeah. Yeah. So, ooh, ooh, political intrigue. Very much so. <laughs> that All wraps right. up the week. Yeah, that wraps up the week. Uh, so next week, there's a couple of bills being heard. Um, really the most interesting one to talk about is, let me get the right number here. General Purpose Aid Stabilization Fund. <laughs> because so we're all in favor of stabilizing aid with a general purpose. Uh, I don't know what he about. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hear that one. Uh, I mean, that's, that's one of, yeah, that's, I have to do some learning on that one. Yeah. exactly what all that means sounds good sounds good it looks like it's has something to do with like carrying over like carry over minutes right we think yeah. it might have something to do with that you know you know those old those old timey things like <laughs> you know when you would have like your original cell phone and you have like 400 minutes to use yeah. and you only used 20 minutes but you yeah. paid for you but you no, you lost those too bad so sad gone yeah <laughs> well then then some of those companies were like oh this is really how can we get more people to come to our company? We'll do carryover minutes. You could just like yeah. carry them over and ooh, that, that that's what this is about. It's yeah, where seems like it. What you know where that where that fund is, I don't really know. Where the money is, I don't really know. How they're gonna keep track of it, I don't really know. Uh that, that's all uh, literally Greek to me. Yeah, yeah. So I'll do some digging around and hopefully next week we'll be able to tell you a little bit, a little bit more about that one. 
Um, but one that is coming up, LD 1962, an act to increase learning potential by providing high impact tutoring grants. My second favorite title. Yeah. To increase learning potential. <laughs> to good increase point. learning potential <laughs> by providing high impact. <laughs> high impact. And impact is lowercase. I'm going to go with that's just a typo. <laughs> Hi. Impact. Impact. <laughs> oh, it's because there's a hyphen. That's why. But anyway. Oh, grammar rules. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, it's important. So, um, so lots of questions about this one. This seems generally like a great idea, perhaps needs some more discussion and uh, consulting with, with ed orgs to flesh out into something that really does make sense and can work. Yeah. So what this bill does is it creates a fund that's going to establish grant awards to establish eligibility and tutoring plan requirements. Um, basically creates a way for district. A way for districts to offer uh, tutoring. Sorry. That's okay. It happens. Yeah. Creates a way for districts to maintain and, and create tutoring because that those are local, usually local budget decisions. And oftentimes budgets are so incredibly tight that we're running on just bare, bare bones as yeah. it is. Yeah. And this idea of high impact tutoring was included in some of the ESSER grant ideas yes. or suggestions, I should say. So that's probably where the term came from. Um, I think and so. And, with, and one of the things that I'm actually really excited about this is that it seems like an opportunity for districts to continue on, knowing that the, the ESSER grant funds will be eliminated eventually over a couple of yes. years, to be able to maintain their tutoring to continue on with it. And that's one of the biggest worries a lot of districts have about these ARP ESSER funds is yeah. that they're going to run out. What do we do afterwards? Right. And the right. amount of fiscal cliff and the amount of budgetary impact it's going to have on districts once all these funds are gone. This is, I think, a really interesting way of helping to say to districts, here's a way to help mitigate some of that. See how this goes. And maybe we can create more maybe along the way. Maybe this is just like an opening salvo. Right, right. I think it's really interesting and it has a lot of potential. Um, <laughs> I, I see you. Are, you see, thank you. I see so, you. You know, uh, several districts tried. Um, I don't. I don't know the degree to which districts had success with setting up tutoring programs, but this was definitely something that was pursued by districts using ESSER funds, right. as were some really interesting um, uh, cooperative uh, collaborations with local organizations, right? Like the Wise right. or other kinds of clubs where they designed some really interesting after school or summer programs um, yeah. that were well attended. And I think this, there's, this has space for that kind of stuff, right? Where it's the kids who really need something extra, get that extra instruction and get some other kind of, you know, physical activity or creative learning, childcare, like there's after in after school or before school times, like there's, there's really interesting potential here. Totally agree. Yeah. So that's being held on the 22nd. Yep. During, during break. So if you're, you know, on your vacation, you're sitting uh, out by the pool, 
because it's February. <laughs> and it's and, thawed a little bit. Uh... Well, we're getting uh, maybe a, maybe you're sitting by the puddle. How about that? <laughs> and you know, you're having a cup of hot cocoa. Listen to some on a, listen to whatever, or not. Right. It's gonna be fascinating. Um, yeah. But that's really that's that's kind of all that's going on that week. I do have a question yeah. for you though about what's happening on the twenty second. I want to because you because you're in the know. You're like you're 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 in you're in deep into the into this you're in the trenches in the system. I am. On that day, there's a presentation being done of the University of Maine very high research activity designation. What is that? Any idea what that is? Because the child in me has very different opinion. Think think about what it actually is. Like the image. I don't see this. And all and, and the uh in the uh, oh very high research very high research activity <laughs> designation what 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 is a very high research activity designation I don't understand and I want that's to amazing. know more I don't know so that's a part of this that I don't I I don't have privy to when it comes to some of those presentations and uh, legislative meetings like that I don't often know what those mean. Uh, that's a great question. What is a University of Maine very high research activity? R1. Oh, uh, yeah. So some, if you want to you find out. It could be. All right. Here's my guess. Here's my guess. Is yeah, that I, I'm at a loss. Of, so go. All of the reports that different organizations were assigned last year or, um, jet, or do on a regular basis, I think they classify and categorize them on some kind of priority criteria. And Got so that might it. just be UMaine's criteria designation. That's very like, high. Might priority. be like very high, high, medium, low, very low, right? That's my guess. I don't know, but that would make sense. That would make sense. They, they, see, you're in the know. I knew you would know. know. Right. Because the other thing that's happened this, this session is they are not actually live hearing all of the reports because there's just too many of them. So they, the ed committee and the different groups prioritized which reports would be heard at sessions and which would just be delivered. So I'm going to guess that that's what that's about. Yeah, probably. Cool. And that's really it for the day. There's, there's one other work session happening next week, but as of right now, there's not a whole heck of a lot. I mean, three public mm -hmm. here, three bills being heard public hearing one bill being heard a work session for next week and so things are they are really working to wrap up by march the 4th they are they are all right well hey you can find us on uh twitter yeah i'm at belolan c yeah and i'm at drew at card and you can find the podcast here at main ed matters we tweet sometimes not 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 a whole yeah. heck of a lot uh, no yeah we're on facebook too but not a whole lot yeah. happens there either our, our crack social media team <laughs> has gone through several iterations over the years. And I think it's time we did another shakeup uh, with, with them. Um, but I also know that they've felt like it's been really toxic and not really wanting to go into the social media spheres these days as much. So I'm going to have a sit down chat with them and find All out right. what's going on over some like coffee and maybe a Danish. That sounds nice. That yeah. sounds nice. So you can follow us out there. Hit us up if you have any questions. We can try to answer them or we'll flat out ignore you. Um, and uh, we appreciate you listening. <laughs> it's not malicious ignoring, though. It's just oblivious. It's ignoring. just complete oblivion. <laughs> yeah, we have no idea. 
it requires us going to find something. You're like, I don't, I don't even know how to do that anymore. Because <laughs> I don't know. But thank you so much for listening. And for those of you who have a break next week, please take some time to yourselves. Enjoy it. And get a little bit away and a little bit of you. Because you deserve it. Yeah. All right. Bye, y'all.